The following episode was recorded live on the Locker Map. If you would like to join in on my interactive podcast on the Locker Map, download it in the Apple Store, where you can not only join my interactive podcast, but tons of other podcasts, tons of other rooms where they talk about all sorts of sports, anime, reality shows, wrestling. I'm not sure if that's a sport. And they have motivational rooms and mental health rooms. I go into a mental health room all the time. It's like free counseling. So download the Locker Map. Give it five-star reviews and join the Locker Room family. Hello and welcome to Kabam Mavs. I'm your host, Jesse Matarazzo. And today, we're going to break down the 111-103 win over the Utah Jazz. Let's get it popping. The Dallas Mavericks snapped the Utah Jazz nine-game win streak, beating them 111-103. Great defensive performance by the Mavs. I thought the whole team played really well. Some great uh, performances tonight. We shot 45% from the field to their 42%. We shot 47% from three, and they shot 27% from the three-point line. That's uh, holding them to well below their, their season average there. So I really liked our team um, sort of effort on defense. We were in their face all the time, uh, but they just didn't hit shots tonight. Um, and that, that really, they, that was the, the change in the game. I, I, we pretty much handily won throughout the game. So, uh, I really liked the performance there. Luka Doncic had 31 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, almost got that tripped up. 11 for 26 from the field and six for 11 from three. He was three from three from free throw, uh, which is an improvement from what he's been in the past, but only getting three foul calls. Wow. It's just uh, the refs are interesting. Uh, he was a plus four in the game. A couple notes on Luca. He was, uh, he's the second fastest player in NBA history to hit 453 point shots made, uh, second to Duncan Robinson. That's an amazing feat. Kevin O'Connor had an article released today, at least I read it today. Um, that Luca averages four step back threes a game and makes them at 39% on the season, which is amazing to hit a step back that, that difficult to hit it at 39% is a wild, wild stat. And, uh, you'll love to see it. You know, Dirk had the fadeaway. Luca's got the step back. We're all good here in Mavs land. I thought that was amazing. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith had an amazing outing, 23 points, six rebounds, Four assists, eight for 17 from the field, five for 12 from three. Um, and I just thought he played amazing defense. He was in the perimeter shooter's face all game, um, leading them to shoot 27%. I thought Tim Hardaway Jr. did as well, as well a very good job defending. Maxi Kleba and Melly both go scoreless. Um, they, you know, got some rebounds, five and seven respectively. Nothing much else from them. I thought they played really good defense as well. Melly got actually the defensive belt tonight, which was very interesting. He was a plus five in the game tonight with zero points. Wild. Uh, Josh Richardson finally awoke in his three-point shot. 17 points, five rebounds, two assists, six for nine from the field. Nice. Uh, five for five from three-point line. That's Awesome. That That's amazing. If you can go five for five every night, I'll be a happy camper. He was a plus three. Played really good defense as well. Brunson was lighting it up from the bench. He was getting whatever he wanted. Uh, 20 points for him, four rebounds, three assists, 
8 for 15 from the field, 4 for 7 from 3, plus 8. Our, our bench played well, though. plus 8, plus 12, plus 11, really good stuff. Tim Hardaway, 16, 5, and 1, um, you know, 3 for 7 from 3. And Powell got a couple left-handed, he got a left-handed oop there that, was, that looked real nice. Um, hit another easy basket, so I liked Powell's performance. Everything's really good from this team. A lot of good, um, you know, perimeter defense. A lot of good rotations, making it really difficult. You know, they they give up the fewest assists in the le- or second fewest assists in the league, um, and don't really move the ball a lot. So I uh, I really like their defensive rotations. I do think this is a team that can excel on a high level. Uh, on the defensive end in the playoffs. So I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited about my guest, Lance Roberson. He's the founder of the Culture Surfing Podcast and a beat writer for Def Pen Hoops. Uh, really excited to have Lance on the program. Lance, how you doing? Doing good, man. How's it going? Been doing good. I mean, uh, we got a really good win against a really good quality opponent. It was a great team win. What were your thoughts on the game? Okay, so first off, obviously Utah shot terribly until like the fourth quarter, so I don't want to get too excited about it, but I will say I think not having KP out there was a plus just because it kind of kept like Rudy guessing, like Finney, you know, could take him off the drive or, you know, obviously he was respecting his pump fake because I think if KP was out there, it would have just been like very easy to telegraph what he was going to do, a.k.a., you know, shoot deep threes and you know, possibly be, be cold or whatever. And I think uh, the Mavs just played good Team D. And, I mean, obviously Luka was Luka. And uh, Melly, surprisingly, is looking like, uh, I mean, until Redick actually plays, he's looking like the better uh, acquisition in that trade right now. So those are my takeaways from that game, at least. So, um, yeah, <laughs> did you watch the post game with Dorian Finney-Smith? who was like, um, you talk and shoot the shit out of the ball live on TV. I wonder if they uh, get in trouble for that one. On I guess that was on Bally Sports. Um, I really liked how Brunson played. I thought he continued his really good play as well as uh, Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, Melly, was, Melly did interesting things. He, he did present. Um, you know, he didn't score, but he did present some good rebounding. I thought he played all right defense. He was able to force some turnovers there, uh, them going out of bounds. Um, what did you, uh, what is this, does this, uh, win make any sort of statement for you or is it sort of like, okay, um, you know, they've had a bad shooting night or do you think there's something to be said for that? We have this habit of, Teams shooting really poorly from three against us when we when we try on. Defense. I mean, I I just want to. I think it's very important that they could get a win without KP against uh, a team with such a elite center like Gobert. I don't know if I would want the Mavs to play them like in the best out of seven, like even with or without KP. But it, it's a good sign because I mean, it just feels good not to get you know swept in the season series because obviously the Mavs are playing really terrible when they when the Jazz first started that, what was it, like a six-game or seven-game losing streak? Wasn't that, uh, didn't the Jazz trigger that back, uh, what was it, January or something like that? Yeah, I, th- I think we had back-to-back losses. Dorian Finney-Smith was saying that 
they were coming back from COVID and they could barely breathe playing against them. Right. Uh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be rough. Dorian Finney Smith had 23 points, six rebounds, four assists. He was eight for 17, uh, five for 12 from three. I thought he was really aggressive tonight. Um, I, I really liked what he was doing out there. Um, is there any other performances from any of the other players that you really liked um, tonight or uh, the team in general? I, I just think it was an overall team, a good team win. I think Tim Hardaway had some nice plays. Uh, it kind of took him, I think it was until like the third quarter to kind of get going. But, I mean, for Finney Smith to score 20-plus points is, you know, we could in mass could still grab the victory against, you know, the best team in the NBA. It's, that's impressive. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to take away, uh, take too much away from this game and say it's a statement win. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see them get a win against an elite team, but I, I really don't have any hot takes tonight except for, you know, like the Mavs look good when they're not forcing to get KP in the game. You know, that, that's what I like. It, there's more rhythm in the offense. Right. Yeah. And KP is out with, uh, wrist sprain i don't know how long he's going to be out usually if you like google wrist sprain it's like two to three days uh mm-hmm. for like a minor one sometimes those can those can be a couple weeks well with kp you know i i always assume the worst with what's going on with him i feel like we're probably going to have to play you know a few games without him they said that he may even be out a couple games i don't know um i, I don't know how how big of an issue that's going to be going forward you know, hopefully we we got the Rockets next, so hopefully we can you know sneak out a couple more wins before before he uh, comes back because we have the second night of a back to back with the Rockets. We have the Bucks, so uh, we'd really like to have his sort of um, you know him being able to stretch the floor a little bit. Um, do you think that? Uh, I mean, that Bucks that that looks like a tough one, but I mean, if we can get a win on the Rockets and the, uh, you know, the, what do you think our, our best chance is to get to the sixth spot? Do you think it's LA losing like badly throughout the, the course of the absence of AD and LeBron, or do you think it's more of uh you know, maybe the Portland or, or Utah? I mean, I'm not Utah, but Denver. Do you think we catch up to any of those teams or do you think we're stuck at the seventh spot? Man, I mean, I think, I think definitely uh Mavericks can catch up to Denver, but I mean not Denver, sorry. I don't think I think Denver's actually gonna go up in the standings. Uh Portland. But I don't know. Like the Lakers just they're they don't even look like an NBA team without LeBron and Anthony Davis, especially without LeBron. You know, they could definitely survive it without Anthony Davis, but without LeBron, they don't even look like an NBA team. And so I think it's more so uh you know the Lakers keep falling off. I really don't know how much longer though uh LeBron's gonna be out. It can't be that much longer, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I heard LeBron could be back as late as like ten days before the playoffs. Oh so I don't know. That's scary. Yeah. That's that smells rust. Or, I mean, I'm not one to bet against LeBron or losing the first round. You know, but I mean, I mean, at his age and to not have that much like time to get revved up for the playoffs, like I don't know. About yeah, that. and you know. With AD having an Achilles injury, uh, not really an injury, but like, you know, tendonitis in the Achilles, yeah. it's rough because he's going to not be playing at full strength. I mean, even if he is quote unquote healthy, I've had Achilles tendonitis and 
it's one of those things where it'll flare up and you don't trust any sort of movement whatsoever. You're like, Oh God, I think I might, you know, rupture an Achilles. If I, if I get out of bed too quick, I could only imagine playing an NBA basketball game. Uh, that's scary. I don't know what's going to happen there. They're, they're definitely going to probably manage his minutes as well. And then, you know, they're 31 and 18 right now. They've been five and five in their last 10. Um, I don't know. You know, the Nuggets are right behind them at 30 and 18. You would think the way that they're playing with Aaron Gordon, they're going to pass them up real quick. Um, And then, you know, the Blazers are 29 and 19. Uh, You know, I don't know if we catch them. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. They don't look like they're going to slow down very much at all. Um, And, uh, you know, the Spurs are 24 and 22. So, they don't seem like they're going to try to regress and, and get any sort of uh, lottery real estate. So, I mean, we're going to have to keep this thing moving. Um, it's going to be tough without KP. I don't know what um, – I, I don't – yeah, like I, I have a lot of faith in our defense, though. I think I, I'm really confident in our defense going forward because we've had a lot of tests and we've gone up against a lot of really good shooting teams and, and they – all seem to have bad shooting nights. I don't know if it's our, you know, just getting them out of the rhythm. We are the number, uh, we're, we're the second best team in the opponent having the the fewest uh, assists in a game. So we really screw up ball movement with our defense for the uh, opposing team. So uh, we're also uh, last in, in field goal attempts. So I think our pace is pretty slow, honestly, and I think it kind of gets teams out of their rhythm a little bit. So I, I do have faith playing against certain teams. I don't know the Bucks that just have somebody that can overpower us. Maybe you know, maybe that that may be tough because I mean we've seen, uh, you know, we we've we've been absolutely destroyed in the paint uh, in the last few games. I mean, even tonight, Gobert was still able to get a lot going going to the basket. So um, are there any matchups that you think are, you know, where we're going to be tested uh, that really proved anything to you? Is there any way to prove to you that this Mavericks team is legit or is it still, you know, almost, you know, three fourths of the way through the season and you don't still, we still don't know who this team is or what? I mean, we kind of have an idea of who they are, but with KP, there's a lot of things that he does good, but I just think overall, I don't know how, you know, how much better the offense gets with him. I think we are, I know this sounds crazy to say, but I think we can be a better, better defensive team with him. But offensively, I mean, he's just too streaky from the outside. Uh, and the only matchup that I'm confident that the the Mavs can win in the playoffs to me is Portland. Other than that, I, I really. Phoenix, for obvious reasons, Chris Paul always kills him in pick and rolls, and and putting KP in those situations has obviously it's not hasn't both well for the Mavs. Aiton is a wild card in that matchup. That's the only reason I would rather play Phoenix over maybe Utah. Uh, but I, like I know a lot of people don't really respect Utah, but I think the way they're set up, they could definitely uh, hinder the Mavs' progress. The Nuggets, I mean, yeah, they played them well in the regular season, but. Playoff Jamal Murray is a real thing at this point, and we already know what Jokic is about. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I really, I think they're just going to lock themselves in at the seventh seed. The Warriors once again have lost, 
Uh, I mean, I think the Warriors are the only team in the playing situation that's that scare me as someone that could possibly knock uh, the Mavs down to the eight, which I think Utah is going to definitely wrap up uh, for the first uh, the one seed. So, so uh, I don't know. I, I, and, and as weird as it sounds, man, I just I don't know about San Antonio. I mean, you you would think that Pop could at least get them to that uh, seventh or eighth seed, but. I think the teams in the playing games have too much star power, like with the, the uh, with Steph or Luca, for a team like San Antonio to win, like in that matchup. So I really ultimately think the Mavs are going to get a seventh seed and play like the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I don't know about the Clippers. It seems like they're dealing with a lot of injury problems, and you know they always have some weird ass losses during the regular season to to stunt their growth as like a number one seed. So. I wonder – my thing is I wonder if Denver can catch up and somehow get the two seed. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that's mathematically possible, but I honestly haven't looked at the, the standings in a couple of days. So, Yeah, so I think I think that that is a possibility. We got Jazz at, at, in the first seed, obviously. Um, nine and one thanks to us because we snapped their nine-game winning streak. Um, the Suns, then we have – the Clippers, they're at three at thirty-two and eighteen, and then uh, they're they're right behind the Suns. So the Suns have thirty-four wins. Um, they're six. Clippers are six games back from th- from the top spot. That's sort of narrowing a little bit with the Jazz. Um, and then Lakers are right behind them. I think you know the the Nuggets are only seven games be- behind, which means that they're really just a game back behind the Clippers. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if they get to two. I think that they'd have to win a lot of games. I don't see the Suns losing any ground there. But I do think that, like, um, maybe the uh, – uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think they get that high. I, I think we may end up uh, in a series with the Suns. Uh, maybe we get lucky and – it get up to six, but then we play the Clippers. So I don't know if we really want to see the Clippers either. I, it's really hard because a lot of these are really bad matchups for us, and I don't think we really have the depth. We have the coaching, though, and I think our biggest thing is can we get in a situation where we can, uh, you know, where Carlisle can outcoach one of these coaches. I think that he saves a lot for the, um, for the playoffs. Uh, he saved a lot of you can see it where he's not running as much pick and roll as we had before, uh, as far as the screen to pick and roll actions that were so successful and, and, uh, you know, made it to where we had such better shooting, um, last year. We're not running that as much. A lot of that has to do with KP, our uh, saving KP for the playoffs. I, I think that we will run those screen to pick and roll actions with KP a lot more in the playoffs. Um, and that may open up the shooting a little bit. So maybe he's saving a few things for the playoffs and, and he can catch one of these coaches. I just don't know what coach is so inexperienced. We don't have like a Doc Rivers that isn't a very good X's and O's coach to exploit in the playoffs right now. So I'm not sure if maybe that's Snyder and beating Snyder at his own game. Um, do you see any sort of uh, coaching exploitations in the playoffs? Man, I, you know what? At this point, I know people like to dump on Utah, but I really think I don't, I don't want to sit here and say uh, Utah's, like, weakness would be, like, coaching. I know you didn't say his their weakness, but I, I don't think it would be, like, oh, Carlisle was just playing him as the fool. 
Uh, I, I think if anything, he gets a lot more out of his players than a lot of other uh, coaches would. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like uh, maybe possibly Phoenix, but I just think Chris Paul is a coach on the court. So it doesn't really matter like with, uh, with them. Uh, no, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't like to sit here and say who's, who's not that good of a coach. If you're in the Western conference and you're, and you're like a top, you know, four seed in the Western Conference. I, I think you probably have at least adequate coaching. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I know that's boring that I can't really say anything. But I, just, I don't. I don't really have a hot enough take to uh, call out any of the coaches, in the, at least in the Western Conference. I think. I think in the Eastern Conference, there's a lot of coaches for sure that can uh, be uh, deemed as food uh, to some to coaches like Spolstra. Or, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, Nick Nurse. You know, there are some coaches out east that probably are lacking in that department, the X's and O's. Right. Even I, even coaches like Brad Stevens, I think, are really good X's and O's coaches that maybe save some things for the playoffs. So that's kind of an interesting tidbit. I, I would be um, really inter- to see, interested to see that. It would be really interesting to see, like, a play-in situation, too, if we stay at that seven spot, if it's going to be a Carlisle versus Pop sort of, uh, matchup there defensively or, you know, however they set that up. But I'm I'm thinking, for me, I kind of want to see the Clippers again. Carlisle has enough tape on them, knows what they're going to do in the playoffs, and I feel like he can um, maybe catch Ty Lue slip in a little bit. Um, you know, I, I feel like they're one of those few teams that don't have the depth in the, depth in the West, and we don't either. So I think that may help us going forward so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get closer to wrapping it up uh because i'm just doing post game but um do you have any final thoughts of the game or the mavs or anything oh okay so i just want to piggyback on the clipper thing man like i've been thinking about this i know i know you're supposed to we're supposed to respect the Kawhi and paul george like defensive pairing but at this point i think we've seen enough of of luca against them and the mavs against them to to feel confident that they can win a series you know, like at this point, I'd rather just the Mavs avoid the Lakers. And if they run into to the Clippers, yeah, obviously it, the Clippers will be favored. But it's just I don't think it's anything that the fans or, or the Mavs, obviously the Mavs are professionals. They're not going to go be scared about anything. But I don't think we should look at the, the Clippers as some outstanding, you know, bully or uh, favored team, I guess. I, I'm just I, I've seen enough of that matchup. Obviously, the 50 point one was kind of an out, outlier. But, you know, we, and then, uh, you know, we played – the last time we played them, it looked pretty good. Second time, I think Dallas had a chance to win that game. And, I mean, just last year in the playoffs, like he, like with KP on a torn meniscus, how he played them, like on a torn meniscus, he looked like a damn all-NBA player. I don't know. And then, with that, and then without him, that, you know, uh, Luka wins a game. So, I, I really think if, if the Mavs can land the Clippers, I don't think it's – I think it's a very close series. I think it's another six or seven game series. Yeah, I would like to see that matchup with a healthy KP and you know and a more experienced Luca with maybe a little bit better defenders this time. Um, I think that'll be really interesting, especially if we have a JJ Redick who's healthy and and able to knock down some shots as well. That'll make it really interesting. I think that we would finally have a little bit more depth um, than than maybe the Clippers do because they're kind of. Uh, they have like a really good starting five, but like their bench is kind of to where a lot of those players are fringe NBA players, in my opinion. So 
Um, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting matchup for sure. Uh, and uh, any other thoughts about the Mavs going forward or the win tonight? Uh, no, I'll say, uh, you know, because before the game when they did the injury report, and I was just like, it looks like the Mavs are trying to play their way into a play-in. You know, that's kind of me being funny or whatnot, but sometimes it does it does look like that because they'll, like, go on a run and then they'll – and I understand rest is a thing, and, and, and we don't all know what's going on with KP, but it's just like he's popping up with all types of injuries. And I know some of them – some of the injury reports read as like, like, like a like a rest injury. Although, you know, teams can't just outright say they're resting them because you know and get fined or whatever. But it's just nice to see that this this game looked like one of those trap games where the Mavs, you know, were yeah we're on a win streak, but then oh well shit we're not playing a couple of the, our players, including like you know, at least on paper our second best player and. Uh, you thought, oh man, against Gobert, that you know they might suffer, and and you know they end up, you know they 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 had the what are they they uh the last time Utah Jazz lost the lead was like in the first quarter I think right, and then they uh, they never lost it after that. Like I did not see that coming this uh, this game. So that's all I'll say is the Mavs are capable of winning without KP. I just I still have reservations for him as a playoff player. Like, I know he's never going to probably be an all-NBA or all-star in his career, maybe. But I think he's still a very important com- uh, player come playoff time. Like, I seriously think that. Like, he'll, he'll make a big difference. Yeah, the especially if he's in the playoffs and he's willing to risk uh, doing more screen-to-pick-and-roll actions because he was second in the league last year to points per possession on screen-to-pick-and-roll actions. Um, to Powell was number one actually, so it was like he's super, <laughs> he's super effective. But um, you know, I think you you get it in a situation where um, if he's actually willing to do that, and you're going to do more of those actions, and he's ready to bang uh, for the playoffs, then um, it totally opens up this the spacing that we have. We were number one in the league last year, and and open three point shots at six a game, so. Um, that really opened things up, and I think you know with Carlisle saving some of that, we're going to be lethal in the playoffs. I would, I know a lot of these teams are probably really worried about playing us in the playoffs, especially if everybody's healthy going in there. So uh, I really appreciate it. Lance. Uh, do you have something to plug? Uh, you should probably plug your podcast because I love listening to your podcast. Oh, and, uh, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate that, Jesse. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm my uh, podcast is Culture Surfing. Essentially what it is is we cover the NBA, but I also call, uh, cover like, hip-hop and just uh, everything surrounding basketball culture because, I mean, basketball and, and hip-hop kind of coincide a lot of the times. Uh, we actually have uh, a writer that uh, from Def Pen, which is where I, which I, where I write at as well. Uh, she just interviewed uh, MC Light, the legendary uh, uh, female MC. Oh. So I... Uh, yeah, so I just uh, talked to her about that. That'll be releasing sometime tomorrow once I edit it. It's just, man, sometimes editing takes a while. So I, I'm not going to lie. I procrastinate on that. But, hey, uh, thanks for uh, letting me on here, Jesse. I really appreciate it, bro. I'm about to actually go over to uh, the Mavs Moneyball one and, and uh, talk about the game as well. So have a nice All day, right, buddy. buddy. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, that was Lance Roberson. He's uh, at Lance underscore 972 on Twitter. 
Really appreciate him coming uh, and a great win for the Mavericks. So I'll see you guys on the next episode. If you'd like to support this Mavs podcast, please follow and tweet me at Kabam Sports and Kabam Media. I will be there with all the other Mavs fans tweeting about Dallas Mavericks basketball. Also, if you'd like to follow me on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review, I'd greatly appreciate it. It gets the product out there for everyone to hear to talk Mavs basketball. I really appreciate all of you, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.